This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the best of Julia Hartley Brewer, my daily podcast with the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Front page of every single newspaper. Shock news yesterday. And that was the cabinet reshuffle and the shock resignation of Sajid Javid as the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Well, let's talk to uh, someone who's kept his job uh, in the uh, government, in the cabinet, Housing Secretary Robert Jenrick, who joins us now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. And congratulations on, uh, on maintaining your role in the cabinet. Thank you. Was it a shock to you when Sajid Javid resigned? Um, I was surprised and I'd like to pay tribute to Sajid, who's a friend of mine. I think he's been a great public servant. He's made a big contribution to British public life in a number of jobs from mine, uh, Home Secretary and then Chancellor. And I hope he will continue to contribute. He's going to remain in the House of Commons on the back benches as MP for Bromsgrove. And I think he's got a lot to contribute to British life in the years ahead. Um, he said that no sort of self-respecting Chancellor could stay and uh, when there was such a power grab being asked to get rid of all of his advisers. Do you agree? Well, I wasn't in that position myself, as I'm very grateful to continue as Housing Secretary. I, I think what's really important here is less about the personalities. Of course, the advisers and individuals who uh, assist ministers and the prime ministers behind the scenes are important and uh, highly valued. But what the public care about is delivering on the things we said we would do in the general election. We've already got one of those done. We've left the European Union at the end of January, but we're impatient to do more. And that requires a strong, cohesive team. The prime minister's chosen the people he wants to be in the cabinet. And now the task for all of us is to get on and get things done. Well, indeed, and there's a lot of talk about getting things done. How much was the the Chancellor stopping the Prime Minister getting things done? There's lots of talk about who was in charge of the purse strings. Uh, The Prime Minister wanted perhaps to break those fiscal rules about having the balance, day-to-day spending, balance budget uh, um, uh, over three years, and that uh, he wanted to really, well, you know, get rid of that so he could have a go on a spending spurge, and Sajid Javid was stopping him doing it. Had you had those debates around the Cabinet table? No, that's not been my experience. You know, there is a, a strong and united team in the government. The Prime Minister has proposed, and this will now happen, that there is an economic function that uh, ensures strong coordination between the Treasury and uh, Number 10 Downing Street. That's not uh, an entirely unique arrangement. I mean, we've had very strong working partnerships in the past, for example, between David Cameron and George Osborne. I think on, uh, on the whole, that's a good thing for government. It ensures that you can really motor on and get things done, deliver on the priorities of the public. Uh, And that's exactly what's going to happen now. We've got a very good new Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, who I also know well. Uh, He's one of the most talented, smartest people, I think, in British politics. Very energetic, brings lots of experience from the private sector and business, which he was involved in 
before entering politics. He's been in the Treasury for several months as the former Chancellor's number two, very heavily involved in the budget preparation that's going to uh, happen now next month. And I think he'll be a fantastic Chancellor for us. Um, there is a lot of talk about how the Prime Minister only wants someone in such a senior position as the Chancellor because it's someone who will basically say yes to everything. Um, are you a yes man? Is that why you've still got your job? Well, I, I certainly hope not. I, I think actually what the Prime Minister wants are people who will deliver for him and for the country because, of course, it's a great privilege to be uh, a member of the cabinet. But what we're really here to do is to deliver the things we said we would do at the general election. For me, that's ensuring that we build the homes that the country needs. We get more people onto the housing ladder. We build better, safer, greener homes. We end rough sleeping as one of the big social challenges that the country faces. And we're determined to tackle that over the course of this parliament. And we deliver on the central mission of the government, which is to level up all parts of the country. And in my department, we're going to be doing that by investing in technology, in transport, in skills, in some of those parts of the country that have felt undervalued, like our towns in the Midlands and the North, with more devolution and decentralisation, so people have more control over their lives. And, and that, I think, is what really matters here, you know, with greatest respect to all of the people who are interested in who's advising who and who is in or who's out. What is the government achieving? And this is an ambitious government. It's one that really wants to get things done and I think understands that we're lucky to be in office. We've been lent votes by people, many of whom have not voted Conservative in the past or live in communities that have never been represented by Conservative MPs. And so having a strong team with a real ambition and desire to get on and deliver things is very important. And that's the sort of Prime Minister that Boris Johnson is. Well, that's it. We can, especially in London-based media, we can get involved in the Westminster bubble and spend a lot of time talking about people like Dominic Cummings and, and advisors to Sajid Javid. And actually, most people really either don't know or don't care about a lot of this stuff. They just want to make sure they can get on, live their lives and, and, and have opportunities for them and their families. And one of the key opportunities that people do want in life is the ability to buy their own home. Now, you're the housing secretary. For many years, housing was one of the key, key issues uh, for many people. People in terms of house prices going up, inability to pay rents, huge cost of things like housing benefit. As you say, you mentioned homelessness and the like as well. Um, and yet during the election, of course, the Brexit overtook everything else. Maybe the NHS was also uh, on, on people's minds. But uh, housing perhaps went down uh, the list of things. Brexit over and done now. Housing is definitely going to climb back up the, uh, the ladder uh, to be an issue. What is this government going to do other than these sort of you know, little schemes here and there to, to you know, offer a little extra chance for someone to buy a home at a discount. What are you going to do to make sure that we've got enough homes in, in, in the sort of places people want to live so that people can have a chance, if they work hard, to buy their own home long before they want to settle down and have children, which is what most people want to do? Well, absolutely. You know, like you, I see housing as more than just four walls and a roof. It's about investing in your future. It's about putting down roots in a community, ensuring your family have safe and secure accommodation. We're going to be building more homes is the first thing. You know, at the heart of this, as you say, is a supply challenge. We've got to build more. And last year we built, in fact, more homes than we've built in any year in the last 30 years. But we want to go further and that will require more investment in infrastructure. It will require making the planning system simpler and faster and easier for us all to navigate. We need to make sure the homes we're building are better quality and safer 
I think there's a lot that's been learnt in recent years on that front. We want to ensure the homes are greener and we're going to be bringing forward our future home standards so that all those homes uh, have very low carbon heating and better standards of energy Make, efficiency. Makes them more expensive, of course. And uh, not in every case. I think that if we can get this going across the whole of the market, we'll be able to drive down those costs. And that's why we're making it mandatory for every home in this country from 2025. We're also going to be looking after renters because there's more than 10 million people in this country who've woken up this morning in rented accommodation. And we want to ensure there's a fair deal between uh, the tenant and the landlord. And we're going to be taking action there by abolishing what's known as uh, Section 21 or no-fault evictions and bringing forward, I think, some good policies like helping people to move from one property to the next with a single deposit that le- moves with you for the whole of your uh, lifetime. And as you say, we're also going to be trying to get more people onto the housing ladder because we do fundamentally believe that most people want to own a home of their own, although it's become an unobtainable aspiration for many young people. You know, My task is to, to change that. The first step we've taken in that road is First Homes, which is offering a 30% discount to local first-time buyers to buy a home in their own area. And that means that if you're purchasing the average property that a first-time buyer would buy, which is £200,000 today, you'd be looking at a £60,000 discount. So very substantial. We've already, within the first 100 days of this government, uh, brought out those proposals. We're currently consulting on them as we have to. And I'd like to think people are moving into those Uh, properties uh, as soon as possible. Are you going to be willing also, finally, are you going to be willing to uh, actually sort of free up the housing markets? When you say we're building, you know, we, we don't have governments building supermarkets. We have private companies doing that. Private companies will build housing if they can get the planning permission, if there is competition. And we know that there's only a very few number of housing firms making a lot of money on building very few homes. And actually, we need to free up the market, make it easier for more people to get into the market, build those homes, bring bring up the supply to match demand. We can bring down house prices. Everybody's going to be better off when they're not spending a third or a half of their income on uh, on purchasing, on, on paying the mortgage for their home. It's it, and Or their rent. Uh, would make a massive difference. Are you willing to upset some perhaps very big Tory party donors by freeing up that market so we do get the homes we need? Well, absolutely. I agree with everything that you've just said. We need to get more homes built. That requires changing the planning system, which can be too uh, complex, convoluted and slow. We need to change that to make it work better for people. It does mean diversifying the market. So there's not just a small number of big house builders, but getting more into the mix, including uh, uh, some more smaller builders who can drive up quality and, and innovate. It means embracing some of the new technology, the modern methods of construction that's coming through um, and making homes faster to deliver. And it also means ensuring that there's a real consumer focus so that the homes we're building are really good quality. And we said we're going to be legislating, creating a new homes ombudsman. So if you do manage to get your dream property, you can have um, some confidence that it's going to be built to high standards. And if it isn't, then you can take action okay. easily against that house builder that sold it to you. All right. Just just finally looking forward to Cabinet this morning, or is it going to be a little bit awkward without Sajid Javid there? No, I'm, I'm, look, it's a huge privilege to serve in the Cabinet. I'm absolutely delighted to continue. And there'll be lots of new talented people around the Cabinet table, including some really great uh, women who've joined us, like Amory Trevelyan, the International Development Secretary, Suella Braverman, the new Attorney General, uh, and others. So it's a, it's a strong team uh, under the PM. And the task for us now is to get on and actually deliver the things we said we would do in the general election. And as you say, no area is more important than my own in housing. And that's exactly what I'm going to do later today. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Know your time. Cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Sajid Javid, the Chancellor, decided to resign. The first inkling was when the meeting with the Prime Minister, supposed to be going through the motions a couple of minutes. Uh, after half an hour, people started to think something might be happening. Uh, but the Prime Minister had backed his senior advisor, uh, Dominic Cummings, in demanding that Sajid Javid sack basically his entire team of aides in the reshuffle and effectively hand over control of what the Treasury had to do to number 10. Sajid Javid has said since that no self-respecting minister could ha- do that and that meant that he had to be out of a job. He resigned and even questioned the character and integrity of those surrounding Boris Johnson. He was replaced by Rishi Sunak, who has been a chief secretary to the Treasury. But what does this mean for the future of the government and indeed Boris Johnson's future? And indeed, maybe even future of Dominic Cummings. Let's talk to David Gork. He's former Justice Secretary, of course, and a former uh, senior member in the Cabinet. Good morning to you, David. Morning, Julia. Lovely to speak to you again. Now, of course, you're long out of all of this uh, and uh, no longer uh, an MP. I'm probably quite point. relieved. I imagine um, you've gone through enough of those sort of uh, nail-biting mornings waiting for the phone to ring with the number 10 switchboard telling you uh, you got a meeting with the Prime Minister. Um, let's talk about this. Do you think that the, the decision to ask Sajid Javid to basically be controlled by number 10 and give up his own uh, team of advisers, do you think that was intended to force him to resign or do you think that number 10 thought that he would agree to that? Well, it's quite hard to tell and there have been some reports that number 10 thought that uh, he would accept those conditions But if that's what they thought, then I think that was a big misjudgment because I think Sajid was put in an impossible position. And he'd already lost a couple of special advisers. Yes, they'd uh, been summarily sacked without his permission, hadn't they, by by Dominic Cummings? Exactly. So he was already on the back foot about that. And I think it is really important that the Chancellor of the Exchequer is a strong figure within government, has the ability to say no. And had um, had Saj accepted the sort of offer, if you like, he would have been humiliated. I mean, it re- really would have looked as if he'd been sort of put in his box, and that uh, he was just a puppet of, of number ten. And that is that's not good for him. That's not good for the government. So I think he was left with little choice. <laughs> 
But how much do we expect that uh, independent in, individual cabinet ministers should be working independently? We don't expect the government to have no final say on education policy or NHS policy or, or what the you know the Justice Department does. Uh, we do expect that you know the buck does stop uh, in number ten. And the, the Prime Minister's official title is on the outside of the number ten door, First Lord of the Treasury. Shouldn't we expect that the the Prime Minister should have final say of this? I mean, we have the ridiculous situation with Tony Blair and Gordon Brown when uh, Blair was in number 10, Brown in number 11, that Gordon Brown wouldn't even show him the budget until the day before. I mean, that's no way to, to run a government, is it? Well, I would agree with that. And there is a balance that has to be struck. And ideally, you do want the Prime Minister and the Chancellor working very closely together. But you know, fundamentally, you do have to have a Chancellor that is strong enough to say to a, pri a Prime Minister... No, uh, we can't do that. We can't afford that. That's not good value for money. Um, because there is a, a sort of natural tendency in government to, to spend too much, to borrow too much, to lose control of the public finances. And you need someone strong enough and tough enough and sufficiently independent to be able to counteract those pressures about getting the balance right. And I think the concern that a lot of people have is that the Treasury is, is, is weakened, that too many decisions are going to be made in number 10 without number 11 and the Treasury being able to say, no, this isn't a good idea. But where you end up with is public finances getting out of control, too much spending, too much borrowing, and we all end up paying a price down the line. And that's got to be the concern as to what's happened, because it does seem to me that government is now a bit unbalanced. Too much power in the hands of Number 10, not enough power in the hands of, of the Treasury. I mean, how much do you think, though, that this was about economic policy? And, and what, you know, Shajid Javid wanted keeping a tight, keep a tight rein on the, uh, on the purse strings and keeping to those fiscal rules so that day-to-day -day spending on budgets uh, balanced over three years, uh, which, is, which is what was being promised. Um, and, and Number 10 wanted to rip that up and, and spend, spend, spend. How much was it actually about actual policy? And how much of it was about seeing Shajid Javid as a, perhaps trying to build an alternative power base, the personality clashes? between Dominic Cummings and, let's face it, pretty much everyone uh, who's not uh, Boris Johnson. Personal, how much personal, how much policy? I think a bit of both. Uh, I think there was definitely a difference in terms of the fiscal rules and how spending... I mean, to be fair, Sajid was perhaps more relaxed as a Chancellor of the Exchequer on higher levels of spending than a lot of people might be. But, but clearly, Number 10 wanted to go further in some of the briefing. Uh, coming from Sajid's people suggests that you know, number 10 were pushing for higher spending. I think there was also a bit of a clash, uh, a personality clash here. That all the sort of reports about HS2 and how the decision to proceed with that was a uh, knockback for Dominic Cummings. I'm sure that landed really badly with Dominic Cummings. And I think Sajid's team got the blame for that. So that's why there was a determination to remove his special advisors. So as, as usual with, with, with politics, the combination of the personal and the policy, and um, they both came to a head yesterday. And in terms of uh, what Sajid Javid does now, uh, now he was someone who, again, you were very much on the Remain side in terms of these the, the battles over, over Brexit, such as these things still matter anymore. Uh, Sajid Javid uh, was someone who was expected to be very much on the on, on the Brexit side and ended up campaigning for Remain. There's quite a lot of disappointment in him on that, but he'd certainly you know, come round to, to Brexit and was seen as a, as a safe pair of hands on, on delivering uh, a sort of a, a, a lead 
leave budget uh, by men on the Brexit side. Um, but but what does he do now? I mean, does he have a future coming back into into the cabinet in the future? Does he stay on the back bench? He's been a very successful banker. Does he now leave politics? Do you think? I, I get the impression that he'll want to stick around in in politics. Uh, he'll probably bide his time and see how things play out. I mean, there's a couple of options really for Sajid. What one is that he could. You know, he could be a loyal backbencher and, you know, who knows, Dominic Cummings might not be around forever. And Sajid's a talented guy and, uh, you know, returning to the cabinet is perfectly possible. Alternatively, there probably is a vacancy for sort of leadership of the awkward squad uh, in the House of Commons. And uh, if things go wrong, um, Sajid's well-regarded, well-respected, well-liked within, within Parliament. Um, and he could be a powerful force on the on the backbenches. As I say, there isn't really anybody else who quite provides that leadership in the uh, on the parliamentary party anymore. So there is an opportunity, if he wants to, to be the prince over the water, if you like, yeah. um, and, and could cause some difficulties for the prime minister. But as I say, I don't know whether that's what Sajid wants to do, but that, that, that option's definitely there for him. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Know your times. A new survey has suggested that care home workers are playing Cupid uh, to help elderly residents in care homes find love and companionship. What a wonderful story. Let's talk about this with uh, Sue Lerner, who's the editor of carehome.co.uk, who carried out uh, the poll. Good morning to you. Hello. I love this story, absolutely. In fact, genuinely, after this show, about an hour's time, I'm going to be going to visit an elderly uh, relative of mine who is in a care home. I, I, I'd love to I'd love to see what's happening there today. Um, now, this is interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, younger people, they're on dating apps, they can go to bars, and yet you've got a lot of older people or people who are, who are other, maybe disabled and in care homes. They find it very difficult uh, to, to find love outside of the care home, and yet it would appear that a lot of staff are trying to help them. Mm, yeah, 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 it's great. I mean, it's interesting, actually, because I think you meet a lot of new people when you're young and you get to middle age, you start to meet less and less. But then when you go to a care home, you meet a whole load of new people from all different walks of life you would never normally meet. And so it's that opportunity again, isn't it, to click with someone that you don't know, to yep. find that buzz, that sort of spark. And, uh, yeah, and it's great that care home workers are actually helping facilitate dates and uh, there's a care home in Stockton-on-Tees, which has been commended by the Care Quality Commission for actually facilitating dates with some of their residents. I love it. Well, listen, you, you surveyed over 2,000 care home owners, managers and staff. You found that one in 10 say their residents do go on dates. A third, 30% of those working care homes say they have actively assisted people who've got feelings for each other to spend time together and maybe uh, get together. Um, a little bit of flirting over a cup of tea and some, uh, and some Battenberg cake, no doubt. Uh, yeah, more than half said they'd seen flirting between residents. I mean, it's absolutely lovely, isn't it? Mm, yeah, 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 definitely. And, I mean, it shows, doesn't it? You kind of think when you're older, you know, in care homes, it's not, you know, it's not very interesting for them. But, actually, there's this thriving community in care homes where flirtation and traction are very much alive. Well, one of the things that you very, you do very much notice when you are either in a care home or, or say, in, in, in elderly care wards in hospitals, how many more women there are than men? Because women, of course, that do live longer uh, the, than men. And often, of course, men who are at home, they've got a wife, a younger wife sometimes to care for them. But often it's, 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 it's women who are in care homes rather than men. I imagine that the, you know, a, a dapper elderly man in a care home is, is rather in demand these days. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> really, it is true. I mean, that's only what I've seen. I, you know, there are fewer of them, and therefore, you know, uh, they're, uh, they, 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 they can perhaps do a little bit of picking and choosing. Yeah, you're right. They'd be centre of attention, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. I love it. Well, it certainly gives everyone something to do other than playing cards or dominoes all day, doesn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, have you actually... Did any of the people survey, do they say that perhaps couples have got married even as a result of meeting each other in a care home? We, um, last year, I uh, spoke to a couple in uh, St. Monica's Trust in Bristol and, uh, yeah, they'd actually got married and uh, they'd met in the care home and got married. And how old were they, do you know? They were... They were in their mid-70s. They were more in a retirement oh, village. Young and a, sprightly. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, this, these ones that were in this care home in Stockton-on-Tees, they're in their late 80s, the ones that are going on the dates. But yeah, they, a couple of got married, they were in their mid-70s. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Know your times. You've been listening to the best of Julia Hartley-Brewer. Don't forget to catch me back Monday morning from 6.30 on DAB Smart Speaker and online at talkradio.co.uk. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.